Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm extremely excited to have my very good friend, the one and only John Bob, on the line with us today. Johnny, how you doing, my friend? What's up, Johnny? Uh, thanks for having me on, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, no problem. Super excited to have you on the pod, finally. I know I've been trying to do this for a while. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, listeners. Uh, my name is John Bob. I am a guitar player for the band Ghost Hounds, um, and I've known John a long time. He's a good guy. That's all I got for you. <laughs> so John and I have known each other for 20-something years. We went to high school together. I was a little bit older, but we kind of ran into each other playing sports and stuff, and then many, many, many moons after high school, I elicited the tutelage of Mr. Bob to teach me how to play the guitar. So we can consider him my mentor in the guitar world. And uh, I mean, suffice to say, Johnny is world class. Me, Mr. Picciuto, um, think I'm still somewhere around first grade or second grade uh, level playing at this point, but it's something I love to do. Um, but my first question for you, Johnny, is when did you first pick up a guitar? I picked up a guitar for the first time when I was about eight years old. Um, I had been playing uh, other instruments from an even earlier age, um, and I was when I was in like fifth, uh, fourth or fifth grade. I guess I was like seven or eight, so maybe like third or fourth grade. I was I used to play in the orchestra uh, where I grew up in Brooklyn, and they had uh, they got this instrument called the mandolin through a grant by VH1 Save the Music program. That's awesome. And, you know, it was a, sort of a more rare instrument to see in, like, an elementary school orchestra. You know, you have violin, cello, that kind of thing. Um, and I just thought it looked really cool. You could plug it in and electrify it. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that thing. So I went, um, I actually got selected to play in the Brooklyn Borough-wide Orchestra, and uh, we performed at Carnegie Hall. Uh, and my dad was watching me just like, you know, because when you're a kid, you don't really think twice about what you're doing. You just do it and you don't realize that it's like pretty impressive. <laughs> so he was like, man, I got to get this kid a guitar. And uh, I got it when I was eight years old and I have not played mandolin ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. You know, uh, I've known you for a very long time. We talk all the time and I didn't know we both had it in common that we've both performed at Carnegie Hall. How hilarious is that? Yeah, man. It's pretty awesome. But only the brilliant, bro. And your, your name has to be John, too. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm... There's a very fine barrier to entry. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, obviously, you are doing what every kid's dream is to do when you pick up an instrument, whether it's a guitar, a piano, whatever it might be, that you've like kind of led your passion and your love into your career. Um, what does it feel like to kind of be able to do the thing that you love most for a living? It's, it's really a, a, a privilege and an honor. I mean, I know that I'm, uh, it's not lost on me that, you know, a lot of people would trade spots with me and sort of, uh, you know, want to do what I do. What I will say is that there's definitely a, a, a stream crossing in between, like, you know, work and play where, uh, you know, at the, I don't mean to sound ungrateful here, but at the end of the day, every job is a job, you know, but sure. being being that, you know, I, I know people say if, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And those people are fucking lying. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's 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 work that I enjoy doing. And uh, obviously just it, it's also not lost on me um, 
that it's I'm extremely lucky and, and privileged and even even amongst uh, other professional musicians I know you know and I think I think I have these moments where I kind of stop and look around because everything's mo- moved so fast where I kind of stop and look around and go like whoa what would like eight-year-old John think about this because that's I, I, I he didn't even think this was possible you know what I mean so mm-hmm. That, that is a cool feeling for sure. That's awesome. Um, I mean, obviously you have a distinct passion for the thing that you do. And, and yeah, I mean, there's no question that at some point, everything that is great is also still work, right? You know, there's touring, there's traveling, there's so many hours put into this thing that, you know, at some point, everything does feel like heavy. Right. Um, but still, it, yeah, for sure. Um, one of my biggest questions is like, so I, I took this, uh, you know, kind of like a, a very blase kind of approach to learning how to play the guitar. And I felt like you have uh, a really cool way of being able to be relatable in your gift in, in when you're like presenting it to like someone that you're teaching. And one thing that I always was curious about is like, obviously you've been playing for such a long period of time. Um, it's not like something that you necessarily could just do pick up and bam, I could play the guitar. So is there ever a point like from eight years on to like 18 or like whenever it clicked for you that like, this is something that I can do better than like most people I know. Oh, you know, I, um, I think maybe when I was in, you know, middle school or like junior high school, I, I felt that way just because not a lot of people could do it. Um, but in a more like serious, like, oh, like I could actually maybe pursue this professionally or something like that. I would say probably like, I think when I was in college, I, I was, you know, I played baseball and I got injured and, you know, I was in a sling and all I could really do is play guitar. And I think that was probably the period where I made the biggest, you know, jump in, in skill level. And then, you know, I mean, dude, we all deal with imposter syndrome. So like there's, there's like, you know, coming to the realization that you're, you're not just, you know, thinking that you're the best, like, you know, it's, it's not an unfair assessment anymore. Once you start hearing from enough people like, Oh dude, you're really good. Cause you right. don't believe it at first. Absolutely. And, Ultimately, like you're like, oh yeah, I kind of surprised myself on that one, you know. So definitely, definitely, like sometime in college, and then I mean, I think I think it keeps happening in waves because you know every time you step up to the next level, you kind of restart, you know, kind of on the bottom again. Mm-hmm. So you know, now uh, I have imposter syndrome again because I'm like looking around at people that I grew up listening to, and I'm just like, ah, what the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm super glad you brought up imposter syndrome because it's something that I've discussed with like a multitude of people on my podcast, whether it's photographers or actors or, or whomever it might be, um, because it's something that I struggle with a lot because I feel like it took a much later period of my life for me to find the thing that I love, like photography. And then it's always this thing where you're like, well, I don't know if I could shoot for this brand or with this model or feel like I could produce work at a level that is up to my, um, you know, my mentor and people who I look up to. Um, So I'm super glad you brought that up because I like you have an undeniable skill in the thing that you do for a living and you're 
you know, borderline at the top of like the echelon of like where you can go in terms of being like in a major band touring, like producing work albums, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and I think it's such a refreshing thing to hear people who are like killing it at whatever it is that they're doing and being like, Oh yeah. Like I still have so much self doubt, so much questions about what I'm doing because it's just such a relatable thing to hear. Seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I think I think it's a it's something that never really goes away and the one way that I've been able to sort of I don't want to say combat that but to sort of uh deal with it is to kind of just let it pass you know and instead of letting it cripple me and, and discourage me I'll kind of just go all right well we've been through this before and you turn it it turned out you weren't an imposter so you know maybe just listen to like if someone tells you something uh like compliments you like don't dismiss it don't be too hard on yourself um and yeah i think i think it just comes in waves and, and I, don't get me wrong there is you know I, guitar is playing guitar is so home to me that like when i pick it up i'm like all oh, right you got this but i mean there's you know trying to fall when you're tossing and turning before bed th these kinds of things you know i think our, our our mind when it we lead it into the world of of comparison can be a Really dangerous place and I think that's kind of where imposter syndrome stems from because we're looking around trying to measure ourselves to you know hey this guy is this good and I'm not that good you know it's always a, it falls into some sort of comparative analysis and, and I was lucky enough to learn at the right age that like there's never going to be another Jimi Hendrix no matter what mm -hmm. there's never going to be another Stevie Ray Vaughan, there's never going to be another Eric Clapton. And that also applies to me. So like we all bring something unique to the table in that sense. And for me, I just got into, it's not better or worse. It's just different, you know? And, and it's also, I'm like, because music is a super subjective thing. So, sure. you know, like someone could be like, that song sucks. And I'll be like, I like it. You yeah. Know? Right. Like, so, no, no. I, always have that. I like that because it's just that, that, that every time I have these conversations with people, the relatability in imposter syndrome is something that kind of like, Oh, take a breath. Okay. You could do this. Like so many people feel this way. So many people go through these questions of self that it's okay to feel that way. Cause it's completely normal. Um, and especially in something like any of the arts, right? Art, photography, music. It is such a subjective landscape that you're going to have people who are like, oh, that's fucking such a sweet picture. And then uh, like my friend will DM me and be like, bro, you took a picture of a parking cone. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, well, man, you know, like, I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> um, well, that's the guy, the beholder, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, some things that like I've learned at a young age was to be incredibly comfortable and confident in my skin. And, you know, that could be in like a dating perspective, a work perspective, uh, you know, a hobbies perspective, whatever it might be. Um, what's something that gives you confidence in yourself and like, whether it's your ability to play the guitar, um, whether it's like anything in life, like what are things like innately in you that gives you confidence? Ooh, I didn't know I was going to be I didn't know I was going to be turned inside out like this, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, guitar. I mean, there's there's really no other feeling that I can describe that and that I felt in my life, and but that's like playing in front of people and people going crazy, you know, having a good time. Like that's one of the most uh, that that's a that's a feeling that I think most artists chase and will continue to chase that dragon because it's like really like you know it's like a drug. <laughs> yeah, totally. But. Uh, I mean, dude, aside from that, like, 
in terms of confidence, you know, I just know that for better or for worse, I'm going to be me. And if someone doesn't like it and they don't want to fuck, or sorry, they don't want to like have me in their life anymore. I say fuck all the time. <laughs> all right, okay, okay. You know, if they, if, if someone doesn't like me, that's okay. Like there's a lot of people in the world, you know, there's whatever it is now, 7 billion plus people in the world <laughs> that, you know, they can go somewhere else. So, you know, I, I like doing that. And I, and I like to think like at the end of the day, and I know you're a similar way that, you know, I'm a very principle based person. And so I'm confident in those principles. You know, I know that like, if someone needs help, I'm going to help them to the best of my capability. I know I'm a loyal person. I'm an honest person to a fault sometimes, you know, and those, those are the things that kind of give me confidence to, to be myself because I, they're, they're tried and true tested, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they've been put to the test many times and, and I know I could always fall back on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, especially in the, in the world of music, you know, so much of it is, you know, we get to a certain level, really everyone could play, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's really good in any field. And, uh, I think what kind of separates people you know, from the guys who keep getting the gigs, obviously there is a talent component there, but it's also workability, you know, like, are they cool? Are they prepared? Are they on time? All things that are controllable in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, so all, all those things melded into one, you know? Yeah, totally. One I, yeah. I, I, uh, I take a lot of like the principles that you mentioned and, and like they kind of build directly into like one's work ethic, right? Like at the end of the day, like a lot of these, common themes and principles that like you and I grew up with as kids in like the same area and like from a similar background, like it just instills a certain level of, you know, I want to do well at whatever it is I'm doing. And if I'm not doing great, I'm still going to do it as right as I possibly can kind of deal. And I yeah. think that's certainly like a unique feature from like where we grew up. Um, I think when you do a creative path from a career perspective, it takes a significant work ethic. And, you know, guitar is a thing where you know every single note, you know every single chord. It's like a finite amount of information that you can learn. But in terms of like your ability, like that's a hundred percent driven by a work ethic, which I lacked severely in learning to play the guitar. So what do you think is it in yourself like when you like finally got to the point where you're fucking around and you're in your late eight, you know, your late teens into your twenties? you're like like i'm good at this and i'm going to spend all my time mastering this um i think it, it, it's a definitely a, a a matter of circumstance in that i at, at that age i had a lot of time you know like you have a, a lot more time up until you're you know entering you know leaving college where you can kind of sit around and like not have to go to work or like yeah. whatever it is um and and I think that was a huge benefit being you know introduced to it early on and having you know those years to kind of fumble my way through for a little bit and then get to a certain point and want to keep going and want to keep getting better you know um, but yeah I just got lucky in terms that I was introduced early enough where I could I had the, I had the hours to just lay into it you know mm -hmm. and I just it's something I just love doing you know I I think part of it too is like you know obviously you know we had sports when we were kids but. You know, I would go home and like, you know, I don't, not like you got a car and stuff like that at that <laughs> age. So I would sit in my room by myself and listen to records and play guitar, you know, and it was just something that was fun and helped pass the time and it, you know, kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah. No, obviously I appreciate that. Um, I, I've always found that like, so it, it's funny cause you kind of segment your life, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of time. Right. So like you bust your ass in high school to get a good college, 
work hard in college to get a good job. You're always like forecasting like your future, right? Like, oh, in five years, I'll be 25 and I'll be making a hundred thousand a year. Or like when I'm 30, like I'll have a house and a wife and a kid. And like, you like always take like these forecasted looks at like what your life's going to be. Um, I would imagine it's hard to have that kind of foresight in a creative career, like being a musician. Um, and now that you've reached a point of success that is like completely envious of, of people in your industry, how do you look at like your future? And especially after like a year like this, where everything was completely on pause, like, do you see yourself like, you know, three years from now, boom, we want our second album. Like, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's an ensemble kind of thing, but like, it's very much like what you kind of look out into the future and see, like, how does that work for like a creative like yourself? Myself personally, I mean, I'm, I'm still taking it day by day. And like you mentioned, you know, last year, you know, we went from, you know, the coolest stuff I've ever done in my career to just the whole world being wiped out. And, a, you know, a year before that, uh, I got hit by a car. So, like, I, it's it's not really, uh, I, I think there's been a perspective with through that experience and also with COVID for, for a lot of people, like, you know, and, you know, oftentimes we we get these downloads in a time of a tragedy or something like that where like, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. And, um, that's especially true with, with the entertainment industry and music because, you know, I, I mean, there is only, there's so only so much that you can do and then it's just chance, right? Like you can do everything right as an artist. You can write great songs. You can play the right shows, and sometimes it might not click, you know, there's, there's not really a, a textbook or a, or like a, a how you to. know, a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think th- to me, because like, especially like, you know, early twenties, like, you know, gigging in New York city all the time and, and, you know, struggle, you know, it's, it's a struggle out there for, for young musicians and young, young artists. And, uh, I think I just kind of got uh, I got used to living in like a period of uncertainty of like, uh, what's happening in two weeks? Who knows? Like, like I remember one, one time a girl I was dating her, like her dad asked me like, what's your five year plan? And I was like, dude, I don't even know what I, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what's happening next week, man. We're, 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 we got to back it up a little bit, you know? So I, I've just kind of gotten used, used to that sort of flow. And, and I think too, it, it, at first probably made me a, a little anxious and, and on edge, but you just kind of, get used to it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I like that. And I'm glad you brought up the accident because that kind of fell right in between, you know, when we were working together in in terms of you teaching me how to play guitar. And, uh, I just remember like, first of all, like, thank God you were all right. Like it was an absolute insane situation, but coming back from, you know, I think you broke some ribs, you broke your arm, you broke your shoulder, like you broke a whole bunch of shit. And like that impacts your ability to do the thing you do for a living. Um, what was that? That like, exp- like I remember vividly what that experience was like for me. Cause like we were pretty tight then. And, you know, we were talking multiple times a week. And I remember coming to your, your, you know, first return gig at uh shit. What was that place called? Uh, uh Rockwood music. Rockwood, yeah. 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 And I remember being there and those are some of my favorite photos that I've ever taken. Cause it was like simultaneously like, well, I don't have like this new hobby that I'm doing guitar. Cause my guitar teacher got hit by a car. So I picked up <laughs> photography. It's like, it's one of those really funny, like serendipitous things for me, obviously not getting hit by a car for you, but like, talk to me like that was like a crazy period of your life. And I would imagine there's like a lot of like uncertainty and questions. Like what, what was that like for you? Um, you know, when that happened 
Well, first I'd like to say I really uh, like those pictures that you took as well. And uh, thanks. Sorry for my hiatus on the <laughs> teaching part. <laughs> uh, it was a both a terrifying and really formative experience. And I mean, I'm sure anyone could probably surmise that. But the reason for that is one, like you, like you mentioned, you know, there was when I was about get surgery you know i kind of got uh prefaced before i went into the room from the doctors it's like listen dude we're gonna you know do our best to like put your arm back together but like you know who knows like you might have nerve damage like we don't know yet and we don't know what that's gonna look like for in terms of like the scope of your recovery for for some time you know but the best advice i can give you is just to like work really hard in physical therapy uh, right right away and that will Im- improve the chances you know um and you know i did you know i i i, I worked really really hard and it was a really painful uh physically painful experience but you know in my mind i was just like dude you've come this far like if you if you like cop out right here and then you're not able to ever play guitar again like you'll never be able to live with yourself and the other experience i had <clears throat> It was kind of like a, a realization I had, which was just like, well, if John, the guitar player, can't play guitar anymore, like what's left over? Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I had a, 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 a hard time answering that at first because I think I was like 27 or 28 years old. And pretty much since I dropped out of college, all I was doing was playing guitar, you know, like that was my life revolved around it. And that's everything I did. I didn't, you know, I didn't work a day job. I just like, that's all I did. So I was kind of freaking out. And then um, what I realized was that, you know, it, it sounds really silly to me. And, and I don't mean to take away from, from anyone by saying this, but it, it sounds really silly to me to say I was put on this planet to take this instrument made of wood and metal steel strings on it. And that's why I was put here was to play that. Right? That, that it, within itself just... It, it sounds like pretty uh, vain to me. And what I realized was that like, you know, my purpose on this planet wasn't to play music. My purpose on this planet, that was just my vessel to get to my purpose, which I think is more in the sense of, you know, having this shared experience with uh, whether it's an audience or a listener that you kind of just go, hey, we're all in this together kind of thing, you know, and, and, and having that sort of... Um, that feedback loop of you know hey let's feel good and let's do the right thing and and you know and and i realized that music was just my my medium to to accomplish that so i i kind of made peace with it and i said listen man try as hard as you can and if you can't after it's all said and done like you you keep your chin up because you know you did everything you could and uh you know you'll you'll find another medium to to keep doing what you love doing which is really just you know interacting with people and uh trying to make the world a better place slowly, you know, dude, I, I really love that perspective. I think that's huge. Um, cause like, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and I think it's taken me such a long period of time for me to like find the thing that I think I'm supposed to be doing. And like, it's a freeing feeling to like, kind of be like in a position where I finally feel like, wow, I found the thing that I fucking love that sets my soul on fire. And I never once considered the possibility that it could be taken away from me. And I think that's like a hugely, hugely important kind of perspective because in an event where you can't do the thing you love anymore, that kind of recognition of being able to kind of like take it a different avenue is like, 
That's pretty good, man. I like that a lot. That was that, yeah. I like that. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a learning experience. I think everyone eventually goes through because you know you've seen like people who have owned businesses for 40 years them you know the industry change and them tank and they lose everything but then they just start it's like a phoenix and the rising from the ashes you know and i think you know resilience is a really important uh, character quality that um you know not that it gets uh overlooked but you know there there's i know a lot of people who have reinvented themselves you know or like started a new career at 40 or whatever it is and and it's hard but it's not impossible you know mm-hmm. and I think we always have a choice in what we want to participate in and uh i i try to stay away from the self-pity yeah. you know true that man we, we have that conversation a lot especially like you know mid-pandemic when i came out to pittsburgh and we had a good opportunity to spend a couple nights together just you know drinking some johnny and, and having some good chats um we kind of have different paths than like a lot of people that we've grown up with right you're in a fucking band i'm doing my own thing um <clears throat> you find it like difficult to relate to people that you've known since you were a kid like we're in completely different places like a lot of people that you grew up with are probably married they got kids they're doing different things like do you find like the connections that you have with like some of your younger friends are like kind of they're not not there anymore they've just taken on like a different kind of shell so to speak yeah i mean i think that I think first and foremost, you know, neither of us are the same person that we were back then, oh. you know, that's <laughs> true that. <laughs> and, and I also, you know, I, I kind of stay in touch with people here and there, but you know, and, and yeah, the relationships are still there. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, this is my buddy that, you know, we used to play ball together. And so, yeah, every time you, you hang out, you know, you, you, you kind of go back, but I, um, I don't necessarily feel like. I mean, I've I've gone through the, the phase where I'm like, yeah, I feel like an alien because like <laughs> everyone's like talking about their 401k, and I'm like, how am I paying rent next month? You know, because I'm like just trying to play guitar for a living. But you know, I, like I said earlier, I really try to stay away from the the cycle of comparison because I, I again, not better or worse, just different. I do think that there there are, I think I do think I've been on the receiving end of a lot of judgment throughout the years uh from people that don't really understand what i do or what what it entails and even something as simple as like you know and this this still happens to me and like it doesn't it it used to bother me but now i just like i it i mean not really anything bothers me anymore at this point you know but uh i don't take it personally meaning but um even now like people be like oh what do you do for a living i'm like oh i play guitar and they're like cool what's your day job and i'm like (laughs) i play guitar what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an accountant. Cool. What do you? What's your day job? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, and it, like I said, I used to get offended by that. But I think what I've realized is that as much as people want to think they know, uh, you know, we can't fully fathom any reality until we're smack in the middle of it. You know, so I don't know what it's like to be an accountant until I'm an accountant. You know, I like that. I like the also the perception of comparison thing because. You know, we live in this hyper fake, uh, you know, sensationalized Instagram world where everyone's really only sharing their highlight reel, right? So it's like no one's ever talking about. Like, I had a nice conversation with a, a girlfriend of mine that I've known for a long time, and she's like, "I always post about like my dog or like my my kids, like you know that she's a teacher and like you know all these like pleasant things, and like I never talk about how like on Monday I was completely unable to get out of bed, and." 
there's this like barrier to like our social media lives and our real lives that for some reason, a lot of people don't cross. And it's something that I would love to see happen more because there's so much relatability in this shared life experience that we all have that we just don't have the ability to be like, Hey, I could really use someone to talk to today or, Hey man, last week really sucked or, you know what I mean? Like people are only showing the the highs like, Oh, I'm on a plane. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. And no one like ever ha- takes a second to kind of like say that they're struggling. And that's something that really sucks. And like, I, I have, I'm been so good lately, like in the last six, seven months of like checking up on my people, like just shooting texts out like, Hey, how you doing? How's everything going? Because I like, I want to know that my people are doing good because like at the end of the day, like it's a, it's those conversations that you don't have that you ultimately always end up regretting. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been stuck in a comparison loop where like you look at like the pictures that you make or the podcasts that you produce and you're like, wow, you know, I'm not getting X number of likes or X number of this. It's like, why the fuck does that matter? It doesn't. And, uh, I'm going to be trying to steal a lot of that perspective from you for sure. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. And I think I've, I've started seeing a, a bit more, um, open conversation about that and i think covid really you know stretched people to their limits um myself included um you know if, you know you're out of work you're isolated you can't hug anybody you know that, that's a huge part of like you know even a handshake you know i remember you know you know bumping elbows with people <laughs> everything being so segmented really messed with people and i think that sort of started forcing the hand to start having the conversation more um but i agree man and you know i i i try to only participate in the things that i like to participate in and for better or for worse for me lately that's been like largely not participating in social media outside of like you know doing stuff for the band because obviously we're we're releasing new music and we have to put stuff out. So I, I, I handle that stuff, but on a personal level, like I, I really just try not to participate in it. Cause I don't really agree with what's going on um, these days with exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, I also, and this is a unpopular opinion, um, but I don't necessarily think everyone deserves a platform. Like I don't think <laughs> everyone in the world is that interesting. And I think that's why people are starting to, uh, you know, just Take show highlight. Back. Yeah. Well, and also people are just sharing their highlights because they want to seem more interesting than they are when it's like life isn't even dude, you have no idea. People, even my, my own parents think my life is way more glamorous than it is. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> like, I'll, I'll play a cool show in a stadium and they think my whole life is, is a series of moments like that. It's not, I still got to come home and scoop my cat's litter box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in a way, I don't want to ruin that them and i realize that i am contributing to that but now when you put it on a mass level where every single person can have uh an an account on four different social media platforms it starts compounding itself uh and and this kind of like it it sort of gives everyone the opportunity to be like their own celebrity or like an influencer and and really like celebrities back in the day like before social media was huge you know they had a um a degree of mystery to them you know you didn't you only saw a couple things about their life you didn't see them with the messy hair when they woke up in the morning you know and i think that the the medium to uh to access celebrities has changed but the that same sort of keep 
you know, share. Now we're, we're going to let you in a little bit, but we're going to only let you this far through the door. So you don't see, like, if you keep opening up the door, there's like a mess behind it. Yeah. There's like a all pile of clothes and that kind of thing. And I think that's really dangerous when you put it on a mass level like that, you know? I, to- I totally agree. I've, uh, <clears throat> I've got some young nieces and nephews in my life. So the book, Everybody Poops, has been a, a common theme. And it's something that I say all the time, like when because inevitably what happens on social media is we take people and we put them on pedestals and this person is this and this person is that. And at the neighbor, every, at the end of every day, everybody poops, right? Like every aspect of your life could be great. You've got the Ferrari in the driveway. You've got the multimillion dollar mansion, but you know what? That guy still shits. You know what I mean? Like we, we need to stop pedestaling people and putting them as like this untainable thing or like idolizing human beings because at the end of the day we're all flawed normal people dude absolutely man and you know like that's i mean don't get me wrong i still have some moments where i meet someone and i'm like i want to f- I, I don't i don't fan boy i'll keep it all in here but on the inside i'm like screaming <laughs> but that's honestly it's that's faded a bit for me and, and part part of it is you know uh, you know, I've gotten to meet some really inf- uh, influential and famous people and athletes and that kind of thing. And after a while, it's sort of, that's sort of like excitement behind it sort of disappears. And it's like, oh, who are you? Oh, cool. You played, you're a major league pitcher. Oh, that's awesome, man. Cool. Like, you know, there's not like a, a pedestal for me anymore. And I think I've experienced sometimes people trying to do that to me. And mm. I'm like, no, 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 This not how this works you know like at the end of the day like i'm just a human being that fucking plays guitar and that is while i think that is a cool thing to do it's not anything worth being like act like to act different around me or it's you know what i mean and and, yeah for sure how how much that do you think comes with age right like we've both both reached an age in life where like we've lived enough and like met enough and like done enough to where like someone who's of uber fame to me is like okay uh, i take that back i met bill murray in an airport and i couldn't fucking speak i was like right because it's fucking bill murray but like in in other scenarios it's like i think you reach a a certain like age in your life where like everybody is relatable in like some fashion right so do you think that's something that ultimately comes with age or or really it just kind of just depends on your like perspective and outlook on something like that I think it, it comes with experience and sometimes that can correlate with age, but you know, I've, I, I mean, last night, uh, there's, uh, like an open jam, not an open jam. There's this band playing and they, you know, they let people come up and jam with them over here locally in Pittsburgh, uh, which is where I'm at right now. And, you know, I went, I brought my, brought my ax with me and I, went and I, I played and these are people like you know a lot of the people who are watching a lot of them have met me before and you know they might have heard that i'm in some band or anything like that and you know that i shoot pool sometimes or whatever it is you know and and i'll have even had you know many conversations with these people but then i played and you know i had a few people come up to me and they were just like who the fuck are you and i was like what do you mean i know what are you talking about and and there there's this sort of i mean i th- i do think that like playing a musical instrument is a very magical thing you know i'm, I'm a little bit biased but I, I agree you know i i can see people starting to like think and treat me different and the worst thing for me and i try to like I, you know I, I try to be slick about this but 
I hate looking up and having fucking six cell phones jammed in my face, man. You know, yeah. I really, it's like, man, I, you know, it, it, it sort of pulls it's you out alien of the from you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also like alienating, right? It's like taking you, you said it perfectly, taking you outside of the moment and like putting you beyond it. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And, and, and too, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think this is maybe a, a byproduct of everyone having a, a phone in their pocket that can shoot 4k video these days <laughs> and and the obsession with with capturing memories you know like one thing i really appreciated about you is when you came down and took some shots you were using film and you know you can't just hold down the shutter and take a thousand photos or constantly like switch out the battery and keep going like you have to pick and choose the moments that you want to capture you have to have the eye i remember uh, we were sitting down at um uh, when we were sitting at the outdoor spot down there uh and you like saw this dog walk by and you're like, Oh, I got to get this. And you caught this amazing shot, but it was like, there are special moments that are worth documenting. And I don't know, may, you know, it's a subjective thing. Maybe that moment to them was cool. Maybe they're like, Hey, this guy's opened up for some big bands. He's doing cool things. Uh, this is a moment I want to capture. You know, I don't know. I don't think it's that, that were, you know, that worthy of a moment. Cause I'm just like, you know, kind of, I guess used to just, playing guitar the way i play guitar and i don't really think about it like that but i just to answer your original question i do think it comes with sort of the experience because i have seen some some adults who are older than me kind of you know still have that sort of treat you different yeah. certain thing you know which is i mean they listen at the end of the day all i care about is if you're a nice person or if you're a good person if you fanboy over someone because it's like there there i also think there's different reasons for for it because it's one thing to be like, oh, I didn't know you played guitar like that, so now I'm going to start treating you differently. To me, isn't a, a great thing, but something like, oh my God, Bill Murray, you like created so many important pieces of work for my life that affected my life. Like that to me is like a worthy kind of pedestal thing where it's sure. like, yo, your work speaks for itself. And it was such an integral part of my life that I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe you're actually here, not in a screen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very different. And, and also I think the way you approach it too is, is important because if you, uh, I approach you, know, you it like a blubbering it. idiot. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens, but you know, you don't, you don't want to be that guy. Like, uh, what was, uh, like, you know, freaking out, yeah. you know, cause also they, it, it, They're it, people. there's a, yeah, there's a zoo animal effect in there. So that, that can be a little funky to navigate absolutely um i think there there's no question that like this last year has like been incredibly <clears throat> in, informative in terms of like me figuring out the person that i am and like i feel as if like a lot of people had that op opportunity over the last like, kind of 16 17 months to like really dive into like who they are and like the people who took the time to like figure out who they are now have like you know uh armed themselves with a, a mental clarity that some people who kind of turtle shelled over the last year or so don't have. Uh, and I'm, and I'm pretty thankful for that. Um, obviously you're doing something from a career perspective that is like the thing that dreams are made of, right? Like as a little kid, you dream of being on these incredible venues and stages and playing music, right? So as a 30 something year old guitar player in a major band, what do your dreams look like now? Keep it going. <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, 
Well, first, I just want to comment on, on what you said about the last year. Um, I think this is a, a, a extremely rare opportunity in, a, in adult life that kind of reverted back to, for a lot of people, like what it was like to be a teenager. It's like, you can't go to work. You can't really go anywhere. You know, like, what are you going to do with your free time? You know, and that for me, I looked at that like, when am I ever going to have like this time to just focus on me, you know, because when life is moving, like a lot of, like we were talking about earlier, you know, there's a lot of times where you literally just don't have the time to do those things. Like you don't have the time to like play guitar for 10 hours a day. Like I was able to do when I was younger, you know what I mean? Um, but what your second question, what, what was it? What, what do my dreams look like now? Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I, I, um, it's a good question. Cause like, I, it's something I ask myself quite often because I've been lucky enough to be kind of gifted this ability to do whatever the fuck I want in life. Like whether that was picking up a camera or a microphone to start a podcast, like I've just like done the thing. Right. And now I've kind of reached a point where I'm doing the things that I want to be doing, but I haven't thought about what is next. Right. And I'm uniquely situated in my inability to see like, well, if I can do X, Y, Z, I don't know what X, Y, Z is yet. So I'm, I'm curious for a person who's in a drastically different, albeit much more awesome situation. Like, what is that? Like you're living your dream, right? You're doing the thing you wanted to do since you were eight years old. So like, I'm, I'm curious, like what the horizon's like. Well, I've just I've just come to accept that I've peaked and I'm going to be chasing this dragon for a long time. No, I'm just kidding, man. You know, I, it was a great question because you know I think that I I feel conflicted about dreams, and uh, I'll I'll explain why. Is you know when I went through this experience of getting run over by a car, I mean, there's no way to avoid it. It's quite literally thrust upon you that like yo tomorrow might not even be here mm -hmm. you know and like i said earlier we all have we all experience loss in different ways in life but you know i really got a um a new perspective thrust on me which was really and it sounds cliche you know but it's like really just like live in the moment and i also believe like we all need goals we all need something to work towards um where i've i've found the most um not solace, but where I get the most pleasure from is, and you know, again, another cliche is like, it's, it's about the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't necessarily know what the next, like what five years from now will look like. I don't really even know what one year from now will look like because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gearing, we're gearing up to pick up where we left off when COVID hit. And, um, you know, a lot can happen. Um, especially in the, in the situation that we're in now, we're, we're in a very fortunate situation to, to be able to kind of, you know, just kind of remove that year and a half and kind of pick up where we left off. Um, I do, I don't know, man. I just, I think, I think my dream is to, and I, I think I'm doing a decent job of this, but just to be living my life in a way where I know that no matter what road it takes, like what fork in the road comes that I'm going to be all right. And mm -hmm. That, that comes with tangible things like fi uh, you know financial security and like a, maybe a house someday or the ability to just go do whatever I want whenever I want. I mean that's always my goal. That's always been my goal is like 
I just want to be able to like do whatever I want whenever I want. If I want to take a trip to Mexico next week, let's go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not just from a money perspective, but just like in a having control of my own over my own life. Mm-hmm. But that's not really a, a reality all the time. You know, like there's always things that can can derail that. So I that was a terrible answer to your question. No, I, I don't think just, so at all. I I think that's like. I'm in the exact same position. I couldn't like I couldn't possibly agree with you more because there are so many contributing factors to the things that like like my wants, my desires, and my dreams are just so different than where I had anticipated them being. That like I'm in a unique position where I don't know what is next, and and it's yeah. different because you know you're you you have you have, you have like a different kind of career job path etc than i but it's just a genuine curiosity for me because there's so much um you know left that i still want to do but i don't necessarily have that one thing like that one person i want to talk to or that one person i want to photograph like there's just so much i want to do um that that it it is you know a little bit overwhelming at times um <clears throat> i think one of the uh Luckiest things I got to do was a couple weeks ago is I saw Foo Fighters reopen the garden and it was just such a supremely fucking awesome situation. Um, it's a band I love. It was a completely packed venue. It felt like this transcending experience to be back in a venue with a band playing loud music, people singing along. And it just was like, it I, like the feeling I kept saying to my my sister's fiance who was with me was like it feels like the world's normal again and it's like feels like things have healed again. Um, as you guys are gearing up towards going back on the road and being able to perform shows again, what are you feeling like? What's like your level of excitement and nerves and like all these things that play into like what's going to be like such a fucking rush of an experience? Yeah, I mean, I I know that. Um I, I I know. First of all, I'm excited. Uh, I don't think it. I mean, I I know for a fact there hasn't been this much time ever passing between me playing a show, and 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 it's something you know, it's something that we need to. As much as like people love going to concerts, there's a symbiotic relationship there. You know that that feedback loop we were talking about, and I also think that you know, from a audience perspective, you know, like I think a lot of people took a lot of the cool things that we can do for granted, and you know, music. Uh, in the last, well, really always, but, you know, with streaming and the way that everything's changing, you know, music has started to be, start to get treated as like a, a commodity instead of like a luxury, you know what I mean? Where like, you know, I remember when I was younger, you know, trying to get gigs in New York and, you know, negotiating over pay. And it's like, dude, like you can't, I'm not going to go insult the guys that are, I really respect as musicians and say that you guys are going to offer us 50 bucks to play for three hours. If you want to do that, just put on a, I plug in an iPod and play Spotify and the bar owner or the, the club owner would always be like, well, no, we have, our thing is live music. And I was like, well, then you got to pay for it, man. And, and I, and I feel like, I feel like when it all got ripped away, everyone kind of opened their eyes and went, Oh wow, I cannot wait to go to a concert. Yeah. So I, I feel like all the shows are going to be like totally insane. I'm super excited for it. I'm also like, I think at by this point, you know, going like, all right, two weeks, everybody. All right. Another three weeks. All right. I've, I've kind of like set myself up for disappointment a few times out. I, I mean, I, I know, and I hope that nothing happens where this is like the real, the real return for us. But, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just taking it as it comes, man, and I and I know that those 
you know, when we do get back on stage, that it's going to be a, a crazy shared uh, group experience with the people in attendance there. Because, you know, like I said, we all, we all got hosed on this one, you know, in terms of like getting and going to have these experiences with other people that are, are way more important than they're given credit to, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. <clears throat> I like to, um, to say that like, I, like me, you know, we mentioned like fangirling over like your heroes and like celebrities and stuff. Me on the outside looking in at you, like I fangirl over someone I consider a good buddy of mine because like it's just like every time I see something that you guys are doing, I'm like, this is so fucking great. I'm so happy for this kid. Like your music video comes out. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking Johnny's on fucking YouTube. He's in a music video. And like all these things that I get to see um, as as your as your friend, as your supporter, as someone I you know who cares about you is such a fucking awesome experience like from the outside looking in and i'm like very 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 amped up for you guys like hit the road and start crushing it again because i knew you guys were just so close to the cusp of like hugeness that like i'm ready for that to be um you know your your next 12 24 and years of your life um so yeah um so i like to spend like the last bit of each of my podcasts just asking like some generalized questions about shit um and just getting like an idea of like who john bob is as like a, as a human being so my first anyway, question is what's your favorite like rapid fire round? yeah rapid fire i mean some are a little deep but like you know some are like for instance what's your favorite book oh my favorite book um I'm I'm thinking not because I got to think of a, a title, but because there's so many titles. I promise. Um, there's this book I read called Merley's Door uh, some years ago. I still have a copy of it, and I I will always have a copy of it everywhere. And uh, it's a book about a a man who's hiking, and this dog finds him. You know, sometimes they say like, your animal chooses you, and this golden retriever just would not stop following him around. And he, you know, they'd go on hikes. The dog would just kind of do his thing go and come and one of those stories where like the guy finds out like when the dog leaves like he goes and visits everyone in the town and like stuff like that and it's a really really wonderful story about companionship and just learning lessons through you know an animal which i think uh i think they're that that's partially why they're here is to teach us some stuff you know i like that that was a great one and then um also uh there's another book called um Sorry, there's there, there's a trilogy of them. I'm trying to think of, of each name. Okay, there's one. Uh, it's all by the same author. Uh, one is called Ego is the Enemy. Uh, my favorite one of the three is called The Obstacle is the Way. Hmm. Um, it is, uh, they're, they're books essentially about stoicism. And uh, they talk about, you know, responding to things rather than reacting to them. Because we get drugged by our own hormones and we react and we lash out or whatever we take things personally and and it's a book that really helped me um and it's a book that i've i've gifted to a few people uh since i I was recommended it um yeah uh the obstacle is the way i mean the the you know the title is pretty self-explanatory about what it kind of talks about but it's a really interesting book that kind of pulls you back from your and and the other one the ego uh ego is the enemy they kind of go hand in hand kind of pulls you out of your self-righteousness and brings you back down to earth you know i think i'm gonna add those to my amazon cart the second we hang up (laughs) i could use that for sure i I highly highly recommend them they're really great books what is uh your favorite movie forrest gump fuck yeah great choice love that film great great movie Uh, 
Oh, I... I mean, I'm very biased, obviously, but I think it's the best of all time. Close second, The Birdcage. Ooh. I mean, Robin Williams, the OG. I mean, just with, I, I would say without question, the funniest human being that ever existed. He had Dude, him and Nathan. Oh, yeah. Him and Nathan Lane together in that movie is just a riot, man. Yeah. And who's the, the senator? Uh, it's Gene Hackman, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good film. Good. good, good movie. What's your favorite food? Um, I'm I'm a pretty equal opportunity food eater. I uh I like I like trying a lot of things. I like really spicy things. Um, it just kind of depends on my mood. Uh, yeah, not not a good answer, but uh, yeah, I kind of I'm pretty easy on that. I'm not a picky eater. All right, fair enough. Do you believe in an afterlife? You mean one after this one too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In a way, I mean, I don't necessarily subscribe to any um, anything that has any sort of doctrine on on it. But I, I do think that ditto. You know, I do think that we all, uh, you know, if I guess if I want to subscribe to the doctrine of the Big Bang theory, that you know, two really super dense particles collided and exploded and we're living in the aftermath of that explosion then i think that we're going to keep living in the aftermath of that explosion even after we're gone on this blip you know we're all stardust mm. well from dust we come to dust we, sh we shall return kind of thing you know i like that that's a good I'm perspective like, I don't any doctrines i'm just like quoting the bible and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean we were all raised a certain way it's that's completely understandable <clears throat> are you happy yeah good um it took me a long time to to realize what happiness actually was because it doesn't mean that you don't have tough days, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, it's more about am I happy with the way I carry myself? Am I happy with the way I treat people? And um, I think everything else kind of falls into place after that because, you know, good things can happen to bad people, man. And uh, I mean, bad things can happen to good people is probably what I meant more. But, you know, as long as you're steadfast in, in your approach, you know, and you do the work, you know, on that journey, like I... I I think, you know, in the end, it'll all work out. And if it's not working out, it's not the end. So there have been times where I'm just like, I'm maybe not where I, maybe not where I wanted to be in life, but I still found happiness in the sense where I, like I, I was confident in that I was doing everything I could and I was doing the right thing. And, and I, I was like, Hey man, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't, you know, like sometimes, you know, obviously I was a baseball player, so a baseball reference, but I mean, there are times where you hit a ball in the screws and a screaming line drive and it's right at somebody. Mm -hmm. You didn't do anything. Yeah. Would you rather have gotten a hit? Sure. But like, you know, you did everything you could. And I think that's where happiness kind of lives, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I couldn't agree with that more. What, uh, what's your biggest fear? Uh, I not knowing what to say, I guess. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that, um, I think it's important to have a healthy relationship with fear. I do too. I, I've only started, I've only started feeling that way as I've gotten older. Like, I feel like the yeah. things that I'm afraid of, like putting myself out there, dying, like all these things that like I, I would like chalk up as a fear have been immense motivators 
lately, but like in my mid twenties, like or early twenties, like turtle shelled me. Right. Yeah. I, I think um, if I had to say my biggest fear, it's probably almost getting there, but not quite. Mm. You know, like getting this far and then just you know whether whatever you know whether it's a fade out or, or a burnout, whatever whatever they call it. Um, but I, that would have to be my biggest. But I really just try to. Um, I try to really sit with those things because, and that's why I think I got so into blues music when I was younger is like, you know, obviously when people think of blues music, they think of like sad songs, you know, sad dude on a porch who's poor, doesn't have money (laughs) or like whatever it is. And to me, it was always more about embracing the trouble in your life, right? Like not just complaining about it or crying about it, but actually being like, Hey, this is happening to me. And I'm going to handle it right now. I'm going to go look at it in the eye, shake its hand and say, have a, have a nice journey. You know what I mean? And you know, you always hear about people like facing their fears, like going skydiving if they're afraid of heights and whatever that is. And I think if you, if you hold things off long enough, you eventually have to really break that, that fear. And I just always try to just keep it, keep, keep them close, you know, because like you said, it could be a motivator. It could be uh, something like that makes you not do something stupid. You know, if you're afraid of dying, maybe you shouldn't like be like <laughs> climbing mountains without any safety. You know what I mean? Like that. Kind of stuff. Totally. But yeah, I, I think that's what I got there. What's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? Wow. A great question. Well, not in the deepest way, but the best advice that I was given that I took and happened to work out for me was uh, a buddy of mine, this guy named Jeff Macklin. Uh, he's a ridiculous, ridiculous guitar player. I have, I have two. I got two for you. Um, the advice he gave me when I was like, I just dropped out of college. Um, he and I was just trying to, you know, start my music career, not even just like try to amplify it. But he told me just hang out man and i was like what (laughs) that doesn't sound like it's gonna work but he's like no like go to other people's shows you know after your gig if there's a spot where all the musicians are hanging go there go to the jam sessions go to all those things so people see your it's like it's almost like an out of sight out of mind thing you know Mm -hmm. if if people see your face they're more likely to call you for a gig or you're more likely to talk about you know um you're more like, likely to talk about music and maybe meet up and, and kind of build those connect, connections and network. But, you know, it, 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 the way he phrased it, just hang out, you know, hang out a lot instead of being like, oh, go out and network with everybody. Because then it turns into this unorganic mechanical force thing where, you know, we've all been out and there's a guy thrusting his business card. How many business cards can you pass out? And I think that that's like an exciting thing when you're younger, but it really doesn't convert, I don't think, very often and unless there's a real genuine exchange there first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Totally. Because I, mean, I, I used to hold business cards and never look at them ever again. And I would have a stack. And why would I pull this guy out instead of this guy? You know, it was because we actually, we hung out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other piece of advice that I got that that was actually probably the most impactful and on a deep level was 
and I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to, it's a little bit long. I'm trying to remember. It was in your experience of freedom, you will swing on a pendulum between fantasy and fear and neither the experience of the fantasy nor the experience of the fear will be as powerful as the swing itself. Damn. So it took me a minute to unpack that and fully understand it, but essentially what it's saying is like, whether you're living your fantasy or your worst fear, it's only the change of the swing of that pendulum that is really imp the, Im the impactful part. You know, that's why I you see a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to, you know, step on any toes with this one. I hope he doesn't hear it and come kick my ass when I'm somebody someday. But like, you know, you see that with like maybe like a Conor McGregor who, you know, was just an animal, you know, just highly motivated. And then he got to the pinnacle of where he could get to maybe got a little bit complacent, mm -hmm. but he got there, he got to whatever everyone was always working so hard for. But then what happened? kind of lost his fire a little bit it's it's that journey up there you know that swing from one to the other that's really going to be the most impactful thing and powerful thing that you have you know dude i fucking love that i like that a lot <clears throat> i am uh I, i'm writing that down as you say it that was that's a good one that is like uh you know is the juice worth the squeeze the journey to the place is more impactful more important than when like you get to the destination um kind of yeah. deal and uh yeah, fuck. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, all right. My last question is, uh, what's one recommendation you have for everyone listening here today? Something that you've consumed lately it could be a TV show, a book you read, a movie, a podcast, anything, literally music, anything, something that you've consumed lately that you loved that you want everyone to check out. Um, there's a show on Netflix, uh, that just came out with season two called i think you should leave uh with tim robinson it is one of the funniest sketch comedy shows i've ever seen and i don't think it takes a particular sense of humor to think that it's just like awkwardly hilarious <laughs> um but yeah that, that would be one thing the other thing would be uh and a little self-plug here y'all should check out the ghost hounds new single between me and the devil that's i say it like that because people always think i'm saying ghost town but it's hounds like the dog yes. like a, like a hat yeah I, I mean, I was going to shamelessly plug you regardless, you know, if you had you not, I don't need any prompt for that, baby. You know? <laughs> You've been doing this too long, my friend, too long. Um, Johnny, dude, thank you so much for hopping on today. I had such a great time chatting with you as always. Uh, you know, it, it's just such a, a joy to see you doing the shit that you're doing. And I, I truly am I'm so happy for, for all the shit that you got coming down on the pipeline. And, uh, you know, you, you got a big supporter in me and you, and I'm, and I'm cheering you guys on big time. Johnny, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And, you know, uh, we'll be, you know, stay tuned. We'll, we'll probably be announcing some some show stuff, you know, coming up. Just trying to, you know, get everything in the works, everything finalized. But, yeah, we'll definitely see you at a show sometime, man. Awesome. Sounds good, buddy. Take care.